The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. The biblical literacy in this generation is in a ditch. But I'll tell you, if I have a choice, Wayne, between passion and literacy, I'll take the passion. But that's what I love about these kids. When Christ gets their heart, they have a passion for Him. He has devoted much of his life and ministry equipping young people for God's service. Our guest is Dr. Joe Stoll, who has just stepped down as the president of Cornerstone University in Michigan. Welcome to First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Before we talk with Dr. Stoll, it's such an honor to have you join us each week for these interviews. We're here to introduce you to people from all walks of life and ministry that are making a difference in the kingdom of God. If you'd like to go back and visit past interviews, use our website, firstpersoninterview.com, or our free smartphone app, First Person Interview. Well, I've known Dr. Joe Stoll for many years, going all the way back to the first church he pastored in Ohio. Then for many years, while he was the president of Chicago's Moody Bible Institute, we did a radio program together called Proclaim. For these past years, Dr. Stoll has been the highly loved president of Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a position he just left this month to become president emeritus. As we talked on Zoom for this interview, I told him how great it was to see him again. You know, I just, it brings back memories of our many years together serving the Lord at Moody Radio and, uh, What a great partner you were as we sought to just bless people's lives and grow them in Christ, huh? Through Proclaim and Newly Presents. Yeah. Yeah, It brings back tons of memories, happy memories, I will say. Well, it goes back further than you might be thinking of right now, because I'm going to tell a story I've told before to you, but I'm going to tell it for the sake of our listeners, that in 1970, I was a college freshman. Now, that's going to tell listeners how old I am. But my first weekend at college, I was told I should attend church in an elementary school cafeteria because a new church was starting with this guy named Joe Stoll. And I walked in, and you were standing up there in all your youthfulness giving announcements. And I thought to myself, that guy can't possibly be the pastor. He's way too young to be a pastor. You, you probably don't remember those days, do you? <laughs> well, it's ancient history for sure. If you think that dates you, what do you think listeners are going to think of me? <laughs> But those were interesting days, good days. It was my first pastorate, fresh out of seminary, close to the college and close to Wittenberg University, so a lot of college kids to minister to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thankful for those days. You've reached another one of those life transitions, um, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying this as a retirement. Uh, you you got to address that. Well, it's it, it's, it is retirement with small R. Okay, so this is what's true, you know. I'm not doing any more rodeos. I'm done being the head cowboy at places. But Marty and I are continuing to pray that uh, God will open doors of opportunity for us to continue to serve our king and to serve to advance the kingdom, obviously not in a full-time way, but in ways that can maximize the gifts he's given me and uh, keep us fruitful for Christ. So it's going to be interesting to see what he has in store for us. Yeah, yeah. We all will be watching closely and Praying for you and Marty in this transition time, Joe. Uh, you pastored in Springfield, Ohio, Kokomo, Indiana, Detroit, Michigan. You moved to Chicago to become president of Moody Bible Institute. And then you slipped back into Michigan there at Cornerstone to be president of Cornerstone University. You're kind of a Midwest guy. Not, not bad for a New Jersey kid, huh? 
Yeah, right. Not bad at all. And I married a girl from Ohio, so we're definitely Midwesterners. But to be Buckeye, she's a Buckeye, right? Now we live in Michigan, so that's really dangerous. Yeah, I have a mixed marriage as well, so... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's interesting. You know, the 18 years at Moody were were great honor to serve Christ there with really good people like yourself and our buddy Joe Carlson. And uh, then, you know, my leadership gift, I think, really just got exhausted. So then my preaching gift is yelling at me, just go and preach, go and preach. You could preach the rest of your life. So as you know, for two and a half years between Moody and Cornerstone, I was a teaching pastor at the church in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, God's serving Christ is an adventure. What the surprises he has in store for us. I never thought I'd be back in Christian higher education, being a part of an enterprise that's raising a whole new generation to influence the cultures of our world for Christ. Uh, but nevertheless, this is what the Lord had for us, and it's been 13 plus years here. Yeah, I recall you telling the story of uh, speaking in chapel at Biola and realize that you missed the campus life, you missed the students. That's ex- so exactly I, right. I, I might suggest you stay out of those chapel services now, because <laughs> yeah, right. you may find yourself president of Harvard or something next. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> well, I doubt that. But you know what's interesting? If you look in the, looking in the rearview mirror, you can always see what God has done for your life. Yeah. But looking out the windshield is always a little more foggy, right? You're not sure what's coming, but just see his sovereign way. So when I was at that Biola event two and a half years after Moody and felt like, whoa, I missed college. It was only three weeks later that I get a call from the search committee, a friend of mine on the search committee at Cornerstone, who said, hey, Joe, I got three questions. Number one, would you talk to us about being our president? Because we're looking for a new president. Number two, would you do interim or give us names? So I told him, I said, I'm not going to be your president. I got out of jail three years ago, and I'm not going back. (laughs) (laughs) But then we started thinking about the interim. But all of that to say is that was no coincidence, right? God warmed my heart to the reality and the opportunity in California. Three weeks later, I get the call. And so we know the rest of the story. That's how God works. Well, talk about these last few years at Cornerstone. They've been remarkable in many ways, and I know how appreciated you are there on campus. Uh, Was it a tough decision to decide to become President Emeritus at this point in your life? No, I really love what God's doing at Cornerstone. I love our students you know, I love what God's doing through our graduates. You know, it's so energetic. Like I said earlier, I get up in the morning to be a part of an enterprise that's raising a whole new generation to influence this world for Christ. And in this world, Wayne, that's no small thing, right? Mm-hmm. So thankfully, the board said, hey, why don't you stay on as president emeritus? And you can advise and counsel the new president, help with a little fundraising, and be around to serve the university going forward. So I was happy to do that, you know, to have all the joy with none of the responsibility. (laughs) Think about what that means. And so we will be working here in some function, at least for a year at the university. All right. And as we have this conversation, you're just about ready to wrap up. You'll be done in early May of 2021 Mm -hmm. at Cornerstone, and then we'll see what the Lord does from there. Talk about leadership, Joe. Uh, Obviously, you've learned many, many lessons about leadership, and many people look up to you as a gifted leader, what what are some of your thoughts about that? I think, Wayne, that, uh, you know, effective leadership has a lot of elements to it. I'm just trying to take through my mind about which elements I had to talk about now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, one thing about important lead is important for leadership is to aligning the position and the work with your gifts. 
you know, God has wired all of us differently, hasn't he? And the leader who gets into a situation where their gifts don't match the responsibilities, that's always a train wreck because the leader doesn't have energy, there's friction. So I think as you're feeling called to a place of leadership, you've got to just look at the profile, right, and measure it with how God has equipped you. I think another thing that's really important is that leaders, as they move into new places, have to be really patient. Um, when people, you know, I've, I've gone different, like you said, I was in those three churches and then Moody and here, and what people normally do is verbally wane, oh, we are so glad to have you here. But the real agenda, their heart, their arms are folded in their mm. hearts and they're saying, who will you be? Yeah. What will you do to us? We'll see. Huh? Who, who, we'll see. And it takes time to build that respect where they, the arms of their hearts open up and say, we are so glad. Let's move forward together. And so there's that sense of the important, you know, there can be the platform of charm. There can be the platform of good ideas. There can be the platform of, you know, charisma or whatever. But the platform that lasts is the platform of respect. And it has to be a mutual respect. The leader has to respect the people and the, the history. And the people need to respect the leader. And then you can move forward effectively. So I would think that respect, mutual respect, is a very critical part of leadership. I think another part of leadership is how you deal with your critics and your enemies. You have to do the Jesus thing, right? You've got to <laughs> love your enemies, bless those who curse you, pray for those who despitefully use you, uh, and and listen to them. I mean, it could be that what people are saying negatively about you, there may be a germ of truth in there. Yeah. God may be shouting in your head, you know, like, so you've got to listen to them. But you can't get into food fights. You've got to stay above the fray and, you know, be prayerful. I, I, character is an important thing in leadership. Uh you have to be a person that shows the group you are leading what Jesus Christ is like. And I certainly am not perfect in that area, but that certainly is something I strive for. Yeah. Well, I think you've just given us an outline for a good book on leadership <laughs> there, Joe. So I appreciate that off the cuff. So I, I didn't give you any questions ahead of time. Um, you've seen, uh, what, how many generations of young people come up uh, in the church and be trained uh, both at Moody and at Cornerstone now. What are some of your thoughts about the, this generation? I love this generation. You know, for all the bad press they get. And there's some, <laughs> there's some weirdness in this generation. There was Wayne, ours you know, too, there was right? Weird, there was weirdness <laughs> in our generation, right? So uh, I think we're all kind of weird. But I'll tell you what's cool about this generation. When Jesus, when they meet Jesus, he gets hold of their heart. They have a passion for him and a passion for the things he had a passion for, for the poor and for the needy, for the marginalized. Um, the biblical literacy in this generation is in a ditch, hmm. you know, and that's, I just have to say to our churches and our families, you know, how come our kids don't know good theology? How come they don't know the Bible like they should? But I'll tell you, if I have a choice, Wayne, between passion and literacy, I'll take the passion. Yeah. We can ramp up the literacy. Mm -hmm. You can't ramp up passion. But that's what I love about these kids. When Christ gets their heart, they have a passion for him and a passion for the causes that move the kingdom forward. We'll continue talking with Dr. Joe Stoll and be joined by another guest in just a moment on First Person. 
Hi, I'm Ed Cannon, the president of the Far East Broadcasting Company, and I'd like to invite you to join us on our podcast, Until All Have Heard, where Wayne Shepherd and I will take you on a virtual tour around Christian ministry in the most unreached places in the world to see what God is doing through the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company. So listen to the new weekly podcast, Until All Have Heard, from FEBC. Listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms, or go to febc.org. My guest is Joe Stoll, who is now President Emeritus of Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, Michigan, having just stepped down from the presidency. And Joe, you and I share many, many friends from our years of working together in various places, but uh, one of those friends joins us now, and uh, this is not an ambush. You knew this was coming, but we've got uh, Ed Cannon with us today. Ed is one of my good friends and colleagues at the Far East Broadcasting Company, and of course, he's in ministry because, uh, well, you know, the Lord called him into it, but you were the one who voiced that call, right? Yeah, this is this is kind of like a Moody Bible Institute reunion here, right? <laughs> because Ed and I worked together at Moody, and I remember the time that I talked to Ed about leaving the oil industry, where he was a leading executive in uh, one of the global major oil industries, and said, Ed, you know, why don't you bring your gifts to the kingdom? You know, come on, come on. And he did, and Ed, you served so effectively as the number two guy at Moody, and uh, what a great partnership that was. We had Wayne upstairs in the radio booth, and you and me in the operations <laughs> offices, and those are good times, so what a joy to be Back in touch with you, Ed. I got to tell you, it was a privilege for me to serve under your leadership, Joe, at Moody Bible Institute. I was listening to what you were saying a few minutes ago about leadership, and you embodied so many of those characteristics in ways that you just don't see in a lot of other leaders. You know, there's, I've been around lots of people uh, with leading uh, positions who are really good at one thing or really good at two things. But what you were great at, Joe, was doing almost all things really, really well. You were balanced. And that's what attracted to me uh, to come work underneath you at Moody there. Not only that, but your teaching, your books were uh, very influential in my life and my wife's life and your teaching. And that was a privilege. It was great days we had working together. Some pretty tough times, I recall, right after September 11th when mm. Many ministries were struggling financially and trying mm -hmm. to get their identity back, but uh, you uh, you navigated us through some pretty turbulent waters in those days, and it was a real joy. Yeah, the Lord was with us, you know. And Wayne, if I can just step back on the leadership thing, one as Ed was talking, you know, I think leaders have to recognize it's never about them. I mean, if it weren't for the gifts that God had given to us the homes we grew up in, the education he's given to us, the people he puts around us, like Ed Cannons of this world, we'd be nothing. And I think leaders need to recognize that, that we are debtors to God and to his gifts and to all that he does through us and the people he brings with us. And I think that, that that's authentic humility. Yeah. And so... I just needed to add that to the list of leadership. <laughs> that was good. You know, that was very good. It's, it's not about puffing me, right? It's about glorifying God and blessing others. Yeah. I remember the day that you uh, turned the uh, the organizational chart upside down. It was top down, and you turned it upside down and said, the top is now the bottom. You know, you're serving yep. everybody above you. And uh, that, yeah, you that was lead a, from the bottom up. That was a, a telling moment. It really was. And Ed... Um, 
you know, there were so many great years together, but of course, you know, it was all the Lord's work and life in the trenches. Talk about it. I mean, it wasn't all sweetness all the time. I mean, there were real issues that had to be wrestled with. Well, yeah, when Joe and I were serving together at Moody, those were tough days, very difficult decisions to make. And we had, because of the financial situation caused by September 11th, we had to let a lot of great, hardworking, dedicated staff at Moody go. And those those were difficult days. I remember Joe telling me one day, he said, I said, you know, this is this isn't really what I signed up for coming here and laying off a bunch of really hardworking people. And and Joe said to me, well, if you have to do it, do it well. Hmm. And that stuck with me for a long time. If you have to do difficult things, do them well. Do them Christianly. Yeah. Do them the way God would instruct you to do. And, you know, those are the kind of nuggets that I look back on. And and, and we did survive because I think we depended on the Lord's wisdom and yeah. his guidance. Yeah. Amen. Joe, let's uh, let's take a step back and talk about the fact you you are actually a third generation preacher, as I recall, isn't that right? Yeah, I, and my grandfather was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. I was. I thought I was going to be a pastor my whole life. I had never dreamed what God would pray. He'd put me in this journey. Uh, my son's a pastor. My son-in-law's a pastor. None of us could get a real job. So, so one of the debts that I have. You know, for whatever God does through me, I just have to say, how did I get this heritage? You know, Mm -hmm. that that is an important part of who I am today. And I'm a great debtor to that, Uh, to have a godly grandfather who is a pastor. My dad, who I just respect so much, who's with the Lord now. Mm -hmm. So, yep, it's been, it's kind of a DNA thing for us. Yeah, and I know how much you, uh, how seriously you take your role as that that family patriarch of training that next generation and inspiring that next generation, as you just said, there many of them are in the pastorate. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, as I watch my own children serving the Lord, and all of them are in church pastoral ministries, um, you know, I just think how important it is that I now become the encourager to them. And, you know, maybe the you know, I've experienced a lot, you know, I share some wisdom with them. So I kind of see myself from being like the head of the family now to kind of moving into that, being the, the supporter of the, these mm. kids in ministry. And, and I do have to say for a lot of our listeners who don't have kids in the ministry, and some of our listeners, Wayne, whose kids aren't walking with the Lord, yeah. you know, just stay faithful in prayer. You know, God has a way of bringing them back. And for those who are walking with the Lord but are in, quote, unquote, secular ministry, those are places of ministry, too, aren't they, where they can live out the reality of Jesus Christ. So I think I think that doing the next generation is a spooky and glorious thing all <laughs> at the same time. God help us. Yeah. Ed, would you like to add to that? Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking about what Joe was saying. Um, when I left the oil business, the only regret that I had by going into full-time Christian ministry was that we're taking those few people who are out there amongst the secular communities uh, who know Christ and who are bringing the light into those places of darkness. And it just, it's a difficult thing to think about. So yeah, if you're children or if you're serving in in places that aren't full-time ministry that's just as important as being in the full-time ministry because you are in the world you're amongst the people who otherwise have no opportunity to hear the people that i knew in the business world they wouldn't think about listening to christian radio or even 
uh, gracing the steps of the church on Sunday. So it's important to have those people out there all the time. Yeah, indeed. And Joe, we can't have a conversation like this without uh, talking about uh, the gift that God has given you and your wife, Marty. Uh, I know how much you love Marty and how much she has supported you through the years. She's a big part of this whole story, isn't she? Oh, my goodness, Wayne. When I think about it, I don't know where my life or where my ministry would be today without Marty. Um, her influence on my life has been profound. She's the most intelligent one in our family. She's the best Christian in our family. She's, you know, she's, you know, I just thank God for the gift of Marty in my life. She, uh, she's all the way through. She has been so special. Um, I, I admire her wisdom and her insights, even sometimes when it hurts, like, you know, <laughs> when her wisdom and insights cut deep, uh, but it's always done in a gracious way, and I'm a better person for yeah. it, actually. So, Who was it who said that very often the voice of God sounds like your wife? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that when Joe was recruiting me, Wayne, to come to the Moody Bible Institute, he brought his wife to dinner, and now I understand why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the way home, I said, hey, what'd you think of that Canon guy? I didn't think he was all that hot. She said, you need to hire a guy like that. <laughs> Actually, Ed, I didn't say that, Ed. <laughs> That's okay. We, that was all right. we knew. We knew that, Joe. Well, as we wrap this up, I'm just so grateful for how God has used you in my own life, Joe, and I wanted our listeners to give a chance to uh, Say congratulations to you as you uh, go through this this new transition in your life, stepping down from the presidency of Cornerstone. This is a very special time in your life. You're going to be spending more time with that family that you love so much and uh, doing the things you love to do. So we're very happy yeah. for you. Yeah, thank you. You're not going to believe this, Wayne, but we didn't know what we were going to do, but we'd always want to do the national parks out west, right? Uh -huh. And flying isn't all that cool anymore, and maybe you don't want to stay in hotels anymore because of all this COVID junk. So... Ready? We oh, bought a camper. Did you really? Yep. And here's the here's the weird. We've never camped a day in our lives. <laughs> we have no clue about what this is going to be like. <laughs> okay. So I, I will check back in a year with you and see how you two are holding up. So uh, it may be a short lived adventure. But anyway, that's part of the happy stuff we have going on in our lives. Yeah. Ed, any last word? Well, come and visit us here in California, Joe. we got a place for you to stay. <laughs> All right, Ed. That would be a joy. All right. Dr. Joe Stoll, Ed Cannon, who is now president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. I love you men. You've both been very influential in my life, and I just want our listeners to get a glimpse of, uh, of the stuff you two are made of. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne. My thanks to both Dr. Joe Stoll and Ed Cannon for being with us for this week's first-person interview. And congratulations to Dr. Stoll for his years of service to Christ, including these recent years at Cornerstone University. After leaving Moody Bible Institute, Ed Cannon became the president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. And if you've listened in the past, you know of my deep appreciation for the ministry of FEBC, which lends support to this program. Please visit febc.org to learn more about this gospel-centered ministry which delivers its local language message to millions every day via radio and internet programs. You can also hear more from Ed Cannon on the podcast we do called Until All Have Heard, as well as our radio program called FEBC Today, both of which are on the website febc.org. I hope you'll take the time to listen. This program's Facebook page is available to you. It's found at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. And there you can read the latest and leave comments about what you hear. Facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. 
Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us again for First Person. <laughs>